1: skipper pressure downfield and it's picked off the freshman Caden Stearns
0: Prospects 101, the show where we break down football prospects from all levels, all across the spectrum, talking high school, talking college transfers, talking college recruiting, NFL draft, and NFL prospects. And as always, Prospects 101 is brought to you by our great partners at Blue Wire Pods and Bet Online. Now remember, you can always interact with Prospects 101 on social media. That's at Prospects101pod on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, and we'll have all the links in, in our bio and whatever <clears throat> podcast platform that you're listening on. Uh, but it's important to give us a follow there. really helps us out, really allows us to engage and connect with all of our fans. Uh, we throw a lot of good content out there during the week, uh, discussion uh, discussion items, polls, contests as well, so make sure you follow that. Another kind of benefit of interacting with us on social media is the fact that we get show ideas, right? So we have a lot coming down the pipeline, especially as the 2020 college football season seems imminent for us. Kids are back on campus working out and getting ready for the 2020 season. So we have a lot of content coming down the pipeline with that, but... You know, we do this because we love our fans and we love talking football. So whatever you guys want to listen to and have any ideas that would be great show and would like to hear us talk about, please let us know. Social media is a great place to do that. Uh, as again, we love to listen to what our fans are and put out content that you guys would like to hear. Now, for the second show in a row, we will only have one co-host tonight, but if there was... Anyone who was born to break down the safety's position, it's this guy, and that's Brandon Pass. Plus,
1: this is probably my favorite position to not only have watched, but absolutely to have played in my, my playing days. Now, I played running back, quarterback, cornerback, a little bit of linebacker there for a minute. but By far, the best position I ever played, the funnest, was the safety position.
0: One of the reasons I like the safety position so much, and, and I didn't play it. I played linebacker, so I played in front of you, so I was at that second level. But I imagine, especially at free safety— you're just able to see everything and you get to see it develop right in front of your eyes. So as soon as you see something and using your instincts, you're really able to beat guys to the ball. And that's what you did so well. It was just a lot of fun to watch some of those highlights.
1: Yeah, no, it's one of those things that the, the best part about it is like you can see, like you said, the play develop and then you can just blow it up. I mean, you have the ability, the time to react where I would argue at linebacker, your initial read, you better be right because you don't have much time to react after that. Like, you better be right yeah. on your angles. You better be right on your reads. Whereas safety, you have a little bit of, you know, wiggle room to, like, mess up and a little bit of time to recover because most safeties are, you know, 12 to 15 yards beyond, beyond the line of scrimmage. So – that kind of helped me out, not being as le- as a- athletic as some other safeties. But when I was able to hit somebody, oh man, I hit them hard, and I loved it.
0: Laying the wood, in the wood. <laughs> Lay Lay in the the wood. wood. I oh, I remember a couple of those. But yeah, no, this, uh, things happen so fast at the linebacker position, and it's it's very much a, a one read and go. Where at safety, especially in the pass game, you know you're able to see things develop, and as long as you're somewhat in the right position, if you have great makeup speed, you can go ahead and make a break on the ball. But you should also feel good, Brandon, because you're coming off a deep-sea fishing trip. So you should feel <laughs> relaxed and ready to go. I needed this. You know,
1: obviously, I wasn't there the last two shows, so I'm sure Kenny kind of held it down or tried to for a while. But I was there deep-sea fishing near Jacksonville, and it was awesome. I caught the biggest fish on the on the boat. It was probably about, I don't know, 20 25 pounds. I saw a bunch of sharks eat another fish that someone else caught. And then my girlfriend, she picked me up from, uh, again, near Jacksonville and drove me down to St. Augustine. And uh, we stayed there for about two or three days, went to the beach, just vegged down on the beach for a while, went down to St. Uh, Augustine uh, downtown area, which is beautiful if you've never been there, went to a distillery where they gave us free nine shots. <laughs> and then I
0: ended up buying one of their bottles. I mean, what a great advertising tool on their end. <laughs> it is, man. You get a little sip and then you walk home with an $85 bottle of <laughs> liquor for sure. But no, it was really relaxing, really relaxing. So I, it was a great That's weekend. good, man. Well, well, good to have you. I know Recruiting Roundup, again, if you're new to the show, that's the show we come out with every Friday morning to talk high school football recruiting. You know, that's generally Brandon's bread and butter show you love to do, but we held it down for you. So we'll, uh, we'll get you back on the horse. We'll do this one and then get ready for Recruiting Roundup. So glad to have you back. Yeah, man. I heard you held it down by talking crap about Virginia Tech, so I can't wait to come back next Friday
1: and defend my position.
0: <laughs> well, I, yeah, it's a rough one. I mean, it, it's it's hard to it's a hard let me tell you. It's a hard position to defend now. It's getting harder by the weeks as we see more guys decommit. <laughs> That's very it's, difficult.
1: I've got a few days to prep.
0: <laughs> yeah, there we go. Well, anyways, uh, the show tonight, we got some great content for you. And again, you know, if you're new to the show, new to listening, you know, we've really broken down each position, both on offense. And this is the last position on defense, but the top prospects for the 2021 NFL draft Uh, leading into the 2020 college football season, you know, to really let you guys know what players to be looking out for, not only during the college football season, but the 2021 NFL draft process. And really with great 2020 seasons, these guys we anticipate will be day one, day two uh, picks. So, you know, we do this to make sure that all of you guys are educated and informed, not only when you're watching on Saturdays, but when Mel Kuyper and uh, Todd McShay or, Doing their hot take, hot you know, mock drafts in November that you somewhat have an idea of who they're talking about. Uh, so you know, we're gonna break down the top safety prospects here. So before we get in in into the list, I, I think it's important to know that the the safety position has really changed the last fifteen to twenty years when it comes to a draft perspective. Is you know, and what I mean by that, it reminds me a lot of running backs. You know, in this past draft, there was no safety taken in the first round and in you know 2019 we had one who was picked at 27th overall and even derwin james you know some would consider him the one of one of the best if not the best young safety in the game taken by the chargers in 2018 at the 17th pick so you know brandon what how has this evolved you know when it comes to NFL personnel kind of breaking down the safety position. I think it's an interesting topic to at least discuss on the show.
1: Yeah, so I think we've talked about this in other segments and why we put a whole new value on the cornerback positions because, again, you need to have three to four corners on the field and the ability to not only cover outside, but inside. So where does that leave the safety position? It really leaves you with... I'd argue maybe at least one safety, but you don't always have two safeties on the field, which kind of like devalues the safety position. So whether you're going to have that true center fielder out there, or you're going to have that rover type of safety, or you're going to have that in-the-box safety that's just going to be kind of coming down, kind of like a Jamal Adams coming off the line, and even blitzing in some packages. So really, it's kind of devalued, but again, even though it's devalued, doesn't mean there isn't great value in some prospects. So again, like, Jamal Adams, like Derwin James, like Earl Thomas, like Harrison Smith, and then like Mika Fitzpatrick. You saw Mika Fitzpatrick come over to the Steelers last year and completely changed that team and that whole entire defense. He immediately made that team a playoff caliber team once he got it over there. So these guys really have brought a huge impact to that safety position and to that team, but it's just – I'm not going to say few and far between. It's just once you really – once you get off the top five, six, there's kind of a cliff, and I think that's why – you can kind of find these safety positions, these safeties really from the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth round. And like what you said, Gluster, very similar to the running back position. You don't always have to draw safety in the first round because you can find similar talent in the later rounds. And that's why I think you're going to see that same trend happen in this, uh, uh, this draft upcoming draft 2021. Even though I think it's incredibly deep with safeties next year, I think because it's so incredibly deep, you can wait on these guys. You don't necessarily have to pick them in the top fifteen. Know you're going to get a similar prospect in round two and in round three.
0: Yeah, I think it's an interesting point you make, and I'd also like to point out. I think the way the NFL has evolved to such a passing league, and again, we've we've said it in other episodes, you know, around sixty five, sometimes even seventy percent, you know, pass to run ratio. So you're you know very heavily em- emphasizing on the pass. And at the end of the day, I mean, you have one sometimes two safeties out there. But, you know, if you're running a lot of nickel and dime packages, you know, a lot of those safeties, those hybrids that sometimes play in the box have now morphed into more corners, right? Kind of more hybrid style guys, not your traditional strong safety that's kind of like Cam Chancellor or even, you know, some of the the free safeties. I mean, really, if you look at the safety position, and if you rolled out a nickel and dime package that had six defensive backs on the field for a very pass heavy team most of those you know those extra defensive backs are going to be slot corners you know not necessarily going to be two deep safeties but again it all depends on you know what what kind of coverage is that you like to run if you like to run a lot of you know a lot of two deep zones you know the having two really great safeties out there Uh, is extremely beneficial but if you like to run a lot of you know man free you know even three deep coverages like that sometimes there's really only one true safety on the field so it's not it's not that it's been devalued I just think defense is at the NFL level and Brandon you've talked about this on other podcasts that have changed a little bit where you know really you're only in your base defense on first down after that you know, you're in some sort of nickel or dime package where you're rolling out five, six defensive backs just to play against a you know, a, a second in a second and seven or a you know, second in six with a pretty pass heavy, you know, tendency. So I think that's something interesting to keep in mind as as we go into the twenty twenty NFL season as well. You mentioned two guys that I really like. I think that they're gonna be the face of the safety position for the next decade. Jamal Adams for the Jets, I think, is fantastic. He's a beast. I've, He's such a beast, and I think if you get one of these guys that we're going to talk about tonight, uh, I think they could potentially turn into a Jamal Adams or a Derwin James. I I love Derwin James. I think he's a fantastic pick and more of a hybrid, right? I I don't think he's kind of your one or the other. I think he's a guy that can play multiple spots, and obviously Earl Thomas I think sets kind of – in his heyday with the Seahawks was really kind of the premier center fielder free safety type. So just a couple guys to keep an eye out for our listeners, you know, when we think about the safety position now breaking down the safety position, there's really two types of safeties we're going to talk about tonight. Brandon, why don't you break down both of those for us?
1: Yes, yeah, so I'll do it kind of uh, quickly here before we get into our prospects. So free safety it's what, the, what we just discussed. It's that center fielder. Now, when I look at free safeties, not only do I want it to see your ability to play center field, but I want to see you create turnovers. Now, I said in previous segments, like qu- cornerback, I, I would love for you to create turnovers. I mean, Obviously, that's awesome. But really, I just need you to get uh, pass breakups. Put your hand in there. Disrupt the pass. If you're a free safety, I want to see you get INTs all day. I want you not only get INTs, I want you to take it back 30 yards because that's what you're supposed to do as a center fielder. And then, obviously, your ability to read offenses. Now, this is, again, you're 15 yards deep, in some cases 20 yards deep, so you have that ability. Now, the great, the great safeties can actually read it at multiple levels, what the running back's doing, what the quarterback's doing, and then kind of help his cornerbacks and align them. So when he sees the receiver go in motion, if the linebacker's not adjusting in the defensive sets, that's what that safety does. He's the next linebacker, the co-captain of the defense most of the times because he has... He has the ability to see the whole field. So he can kind of adjust the defense and get corners in the places they need to be. So I want to see a free safety be able to read the defenses. Also, is to be, up, to be able to play corner occasionally. I mean, again, the, you don't know what the offenses are going to throw at you. So I need a free safety to have that ability to go down and cover a wide receiver. Go ahead and cover a slot. I need to see you have that ultimate pass ability to go out there and really play the pass. Now, for a strong safety obviously angles in the run defense because you're going to if you look at today's NFL you're going to see safeties out there glass that have close to 100 tackles per year so I need you I need strong safeties that not only be able to obviously know how to tackle but have good angles on defense if you don't have a good angle you're going to miss your tackle and of course if you're a safety guess who's behind you nobody so you're kind of that, lo- that last line of defense that you really you have to make these tackles you can't be stiff arm. You can't be an easy, an easy tackle that someone just kind of pushes you off. You have to be able to tackle and wrap them up and drive them to the ground. Now, the ability to cover tight ends and running backs, I think that's very important. I don't expect you to go out there and cover a receiver. That's not your job as a strong safety, but I do need you to have the ability to go inside, get into the box, and instead of blitzing, instead of running, covering the run, I need you to cover the tight end and occasionally the running backs out of the flat. And then I know it's, this, this is where the NFL is going is the blitzing. People are blitzing every single one down now in the NFL, and they're using, utilizing that strong safety that gets into the box. Like a Jamal Adams, and I'm sure like a Justin Simmons or what we're going to see next year, these guys are now being utilized in blitzing sets a lot more. So for a strong safety, I want to see you to be able to blitz. And that's really what I'm looking for, a strong safety. So obviously a lot more in the box, a lot more uh, be able to tackle. And then free safety is you're more the center fielder, create turnovers, be able to read defenses, get your defensive players in the right set and really we could talk about rover but i still consider a rover more of a strong safety
0: yeah i think it just depends on the defense one thing that i would put for strong safeties is can he play both man and zone coverage you know if the strong strong safeties if you're playing you know a man free concept so a cover 1 concept you know cover 1 cover 3 looks very similar pre-snap so it gives the quarterback kind of a different look you don't know if it's man or zone coverage so that strong safety's really got to come down into the boxer you know if you're gonna you know pre-snap kind of move pre-snap you got to be able to play both zone coverages understand zone coverages and then you know if if you need to cover man then you need to go cover man and we'll talk about a couple guys tonight that may fit the strong safety mold and and there's a couple that we'll talk about here first um, that kind of fit that bill. But let's jump right into it. I, I think there's three that really jump off the board right away. So why don't we start with uh, with Caden Stearns at Texas Pastel. There is no
1: shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out visit betonline.ag and use promo code BlueWire for a free welcome bonus that's one word blue wire bet online your online wagering experts yeah and I think you can make a case for like you to say there's probably three guys and that's Caden Stearns from Texas that's Javon Holland from Oregon and there's Andre Cisco from Syracuse now to start off with Caden Stearns I think a lot of people are gonna put Javon as number one, they could put Cisco as number one for his center field ability. But Caden Stearns, oh my god, his instincts is something that you really can't quantitate. You're not gonna be able to look at his combine stats or scouting report and say, like, oh, look at you can't measure instincts. But if you look at his natural instincts on the field, it's it's amazing. He's always where the ball needs to be. He kind of reminds me of that Troy Palomalo, like I don't know why, but he was just always where the ball was. And that's where I see Caden Stearns. Now, he does have excellent coverage ability. So that's where the difference between, I think, him and Troy comes in because he is more of a center fielder. He has excellent coverage ability. Uh, he, he does take great angles. Now, when we talk angles, I think a lot of people will always think angles in the run game, but angles in the pass game is just as important for safety. Yep, Agree. Because now when you're getting, I uh, say, a cover two, and they have ability to go over the cornerback's head, the safety's got to cover that, those flats, those deep flats, right, or those post corners. And to, you got, if you miss on your angle, again, you're the last line of defense. That guy's gone. And that's why you saw a lot of these Alabama receivers take off, because if you had a bad uh, safety to take a bad angle, that's where these guys were taking off and getting 70, 80-yard touchdowns. But his ability to get those angles is probably his best thing. And that, again, that kind of goes in line with instincts. You're able to read where the offense is going and kind of meet them at the point of uh, contact. Now, he does show the ability to play in the box. I think a lot of people like to – Kind of like just put players in one or the other. Strong safety, free safety. He has the ability to play, again, in the box, which is more of that strong safety stereotype. But he is probably more of a free safety. Just has that ability to come down, which is why he's my number one safety. Because he's just that well versed. Now, he's not a Derwin James, but I would argue he's kind of that same type of prospect. The only thing that he really does lack is his elite speed. I wouldn't be surprised if he he goes to the combine and runs around that 4-5 range. But I think he makes up for it for everything I just said. I mean, if you look at his freshman year, his freshman year was some of the best game tape I've seen from a freshman in the last 20 years from a safety prospect. I mean, he had four, four interceptions, 62 tackles, three tackles for loss, and a sack. And this is his true freshman year. Now, last year he was a little bit injured, so I don't – fault him for not having the same stat line his freshman year, but watch him take a huge leap forward his junior year if he's healthy and kind of ascend to the top of the safety list.
0: Yeah, I really like uh, a couple things about him. One, I really like him in the run game. I thought that he comes down extremely fast, takes great angles in the run game. When you talk about coverage ability and his ability to play zone coverage and play deep and be able to take great angles – that that's all natural instincts and just being an extremely talented athlete so that's what I really like about Caden Stearns I think this is a guy you know at six foot 210 to your point is is a hybrid he could play one one of those positions he could play the both but he's certainly an impressive prospect now another uh impressive uh prospect you spoke about Jevin Holland out of Oregon what did you like about him
1: so he's pretty much just a very very balanced safety I think he Man, like I, I want to say he's kind of an elite safety, but he's really not. He's just very, very good at everything. Probably a little bit more of a coverage safety. I and mean, if you look at a stat line, the guy has nine picks over his first two years in college football. Um, so I mean, and, it, and that's four, five interceptions his freshman year, and then four interceptions his sophomore year. So it kind of shows through his consistency. And that's something that you don't always see. I mean, the guy just said, Caden Stearns. Again, he had great freshman year, not so good sophomore year. The thing with Javon Holland so far is he's had back-to-back very good years. Went from 42 tackles, 66 tackles, again, five interceptions to four interceptions. So very consistent. Uh, He's very good in the pass game. He could probably do better in the run game, but he's not bad. I don't think he's very bad. The best thing about him is that he does play the slot corner very well. I don't think he's allowed one touchdown in two years against the slot. So that's something that, again, having that flexibility at the safety position to not just go to the box, not just go and play center field, but to go down and cover a slot, that's going to create more value for him. And he's pretty much good in every other phase, but he's also great in covering corners comparatively for other safeties.
0: Yeah, no, I really liked him, you know, and how he plays out of the slot. I think if you looked at a lot of his game film, especially in 2019, he played a lot as far as – being able to cover number two uh, and Oregon would roll to kind of a one high safety look and he would be the down safety which just means he's covering the slot corner. He plays man coverage extremely well. And again, a lot of his picks in 2019 were because of that. So I like his versatility in that it I don't know if he's a true free safety at the next level. I think he's a guy that really adapts well with the new NFL, right? In the way that defenses yeah. are playing, having that five, six defensive backs out there. I think he's a guy that not only can can play multiple spots, but can play the slot really well. So that's what, what I really liked about him. Now, Andre Sisco, what I love about this guy is uh, I, I think <laughs> that there's only two or th- two, maybe a third – Pure center fielder and Andre Cisco is a pure center fielder. I was so impressed from what I saw from him.
1: He's the best center fielder in the draft. Like, let's not kid you. I liked the other, like I hyped up Caden Stearns. I hyped up Javon Holland. But as far as the best center fielder, and again, the ability to read the quarterback's eyes at all different levels of the field, and kind of just make a play on the ball and create turnovers, he checks every single box. He has the size. He's six foot. He's two o five. He's had he's had seven picks his freshman year. He had five picks last year. He's had over sixty tackles each year, and he's just a phenomenal. And again, I mean, I just see that translating with consistency, athleticism, size. I just won't be surprised if he's the best safety. I won't be surprised if he is the first safety in next year's draft, just purely because of his play ball, play ball, ball hawking center field ability is so coveted right now in today's NFL that there's no way that this guy doesn't fall past day two just because purely. He creates turnovers, and we all know how NFL teams love.
0: Yeah, what I love about him is ability, his kind of aggressive nature, and his ability to run the alley. And for our listeners out there, what that essentially means in the run game, you know, think of it like a V, right? If I'm playing in the playing in the middle of the field, and I've got to come down and kind of in a you know 45 degree angle one way or the other way from 12 to 15 yards, he runs the alley so extremely well. And so aggressively, I love watching this kid play, and I love playing. watching him as that additional run defender that generally a lot of running games don't account for, right? Because you don't, you don't draw like, hey, this guy's going to go block the free safety because generally there's a, an RPO action to it, so you're really hoping that the, the, the free safety is going one way or the other. But his ability to insert himself in the run game is so impressive and it's so fun. And here's one thing, Pastel. So looking at here. He had 41 solo tackles last year in nine games. Nine games. That's Oof. unbelievable. Solo tackles. So extremely impressed by him. Uh, I agree with you. I think with a really great 2020 season, he could very well be the first safety taken off the board.
1: Yeah, and I think when you look at if you, know, you want to kind of associate – who these players are as far as player comps, like he's probably more of a Marcus Williams from the Saints, someone a little bit more modern day, a very true, pure center fielder. Now, all three guys we just mentioned, their first round talents. Will they go in the first round? History tells us they won't. I mean, history tells us only one at two two at most will go. But for as far as a talent standpoint, these are really your top three tier, tier one type of safeties that we have in next year's draft. Yeah,
0: for sure. So now let's kind of go to the to the next level. I'd call these the probably 40 to 80 80 range, kind of the traditional draft. So you're looking at kind of day two, possibly early day three, guys. Uh, And the first guy out of there, physically, he's an absolute freak, standing at 6'4", 215 from Florida State. And I'm going to really try hard not to butcher this name, but Hamsa Nasrilladeen. Did I say that right? I think so. (laughs) That sounds sounds right. right. I'm just pronouncing it the way I see it. (laughs)
1: I love how you announced him, too. Standing in at 6'4", 215 pounds from Florida State University. Right. Dude, nah, it, 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 the question with him really is, where is he going to play next year? I mean, they got him listed as a strong safety, and I foresee him standing there. But, I mean, this guy could be absolutely a outside linebacker at the next level as well. I mean, this guy plays like a linebacker. He plays mostly in the box. I mean, you look at his last two years, he's had close to 200 total tackles. I mean, he had 91 his sophomore year. He had 101 tackles his junior year as a strong safety. I mean, that, that just tells you right now he's playing in the box. And he's very good at it. He absolutely will drive through any person that comes at him. It doesn't matter what size running back, receiver. He will absolutely power through you. He is that traditional hard-hitting safety. Now, the next question everyone's going to ask, well, how is he at covering? He, he's not very good. And that's the one thing that he still has yet to prove is his ability to cover the corner or the the, uh, the slot, cover the wide receiver kind of play. I don't really expect him to play a true center fielder. Uh, it's just not his game. But can he be a box safety? I think he can, and that's why I have him as a as a top 40, 50 player. But I think there's still a lot to be desired out of his coverage game. And if he's able to prove that, and that's the one good thing with him, is every single year he has improved from his freshman to his junior year, and I'm so glad he didn't come out last year because I think he would have fell hard if he came out this past year. But next year, get coached up a little bit more, prove that you can actually – be a factor in the pass game, and I could definitely see him being a day-two pick
0: next yeah, year. Yeah, interesting. I'm glad you mentioned that. He decided to come back to Florida State uh, but a lot of scouts were certainly licking their chops, thinking that he could have been a day one pick. But as you you know, we spoke around earlier. It's it's hard from a safety position. But but again, he's kind of a hybrid, right? And and that's what we see out of all these guys. He may be the biggest hybrid out of them all if he can choose if he can show that he can be effective in the pass game. Now now we'll go from him to a couple G five guys uh, that really caught your eye. Really, the you know third or uh, fifth round picks that that you think will fall, and that'll be Tariq Thompson out of San Diego State and Richie Grant out of Central Florida.
1: Yeah, so Tariq Thomas, uh, Thompson is a very does-everything type of uh, safety from San Diego State. And he, A player count from him, Justin Simmons, who was the third-round pick from Boston College, if you remember him. But, uh, I mean, this guy, his freshman year, he had 63 tackles. He had five interceptions, interceptions. His sophomore year, 60 tackles. had eight pass breakups, two picks. And then he follows it up with his junior year, he was on the Jim Thorpe watch list, which, mind you, is, you know, for the best defensive back in college football. So he was on the watch list, and he had 55 tackles, four interceptions, and eight pass breakups. So, I mean, it's kind of a crime. He probably wasn't ranked higher than what he was last year. Um, but he's extremely athletic. I think he's going to test well at the combine. I, th- I think he's going to have that 4-4. He-, he might be low 4-4 speed, but I do think he's uh, he's going to be up there. He. He could do better in the run game, but I think he's good enough. And for today's NFL, like we mentioned so many times at this point, for teams that pass 65% of the time, I don't necessarily prioritize that as much as I used to. So I think he's going to do okay. And I can see this guy being, I put him more at the fifth round right now, but if there's no way you can tell me if you have a fourth year with the same consistency that he won't be a third, fourth round pick. I mean, he's, that's just too many years of proven game tape For you not
0: to take a guy like that that has that ability to create turnovers and be a factor in the run. So do you see him more as kind of your center fielder, free safety type, or do you see him more of a hybrid that can come down and and cover slots and be a little bit more involved at the second level? Not necessarily be kind of your standard center fielder or you know free safety who's who's playing on the hashes.
1: And he's definitely going to do a little bit of both. He, He is not your. He's not going to be a pure free safety, and he's definitely not a strong safety. I think he's going to get probably 65, 70% of his snaps at the free safety, and then maybe the other 20, 25, 30%, kind of a little bit closer to the box or playing in the slot. Um, I don't know if you can really categorize. I, so if I had to categorize him, free safety, absolutely. But I think he's going to get a, definitely some play in that strong safety type of uh, gotcha. skill set.
0: Now, then that moves to another G5 guy we mentioned earlier, Richie Grant out of Central Florida. What do you like about him? <laughs>
1: they, okay, I, I hate – I got I to gotta do a better job at this, not comparing him to like older players. But this guy is just always, always around the ball. Kind of reminds me of a Jesse Bates from – I, I hate doing this because Kenny's not here. But from Wake Forest, he plays for the Cincinnati Bengals. But he's one of those safeties that he's just always around the ball. He, again, he has great angles in the run game. If he duplicates his sophomore tape, which is sophomore game, he had 108 tackles, three tackles for losses, and six interceptions – if he can duplicate his sophomore year, he is absolutely a, a day-two pick. Second, third-round pick, no doubt about it. Now, last year is where you kind of saw that dip-off. Uh, he he only had 70-some tackles. He only had one interception. And a lot of people are kind of wondering, like, where did that production go? And I can understand maybe an interception or two or three less, but when you're five interceptions less from your sophomore year, when everyone's expecting you to take that next step forward, he kind of reminds me of the cornerback from Stanford, you know, Paul Debo, like – You saw his sophomore game tape. You absolutely loved it. You saw first round ability, and then you saw his junior tape. You're like, well, what happened? Now, there's a lot of factors that come into that, a little bit of injuries and stuff like that. So I think Richie Grant is a very good safety. I have him at the 80, around the 50 to 80 range right now as a scout uh, from a prospect standpoint. But if he's able to duplicate his sophomore year, he's going to ascend himself into that second round. Conversation. If he doesn't, and that's when he starts the
0: job. Certainly excited to see a lot of these Central Florida prospects coming through, you know, at least in recent years. And he's just another product of that really solid, if not the best G5 program out there certainly in the top three as far as you know consistency and the ability to get athletes that can play in power five and you know to your point be a day two pick uh for sure now let's change it a little bit up here one thing i i love about the show is not only do we cover prospects that are at the uh division one level the fbs level but brandy you have two guys here at the fcs level that you think that could be drafted in next year's nfl draft
1: Yeah, so D'Angelo Amos from JMU. Now JMU, they lost a lot of NFL type of talent this past year to the draft. So D'Angelo Amos is probably more known for his special teams as a punt returner. The last three years, he's had five punt returns for touchdowns. I mean, he was he was All American punt returner last year in the FCS ranks. Now, from a safety standpoint, he was all first team. What CAA is what they were in? Yeah, CAA in the FCS ranks. But he's very skilled. Now, he's not elite in anything as far as, like, his pass game or even in the run defense. But he still had 57 tackles. He had five tackles for losses, two interceptions. If you remember watching, he was that guy that would get in the backfield from the safety position. So that's where where I do think there is a position for him, probably more at the rover role at the NFL. But I don't see him being, like, a, a starter at the next level. I just see him really getting some reps there as a third string safety at the NFL level but really making a name for himself at the special teams level and I kind of just wanted to throw a prospect like out there like that because I do think he's going to be an NFL safety but watch out for him on special teams when he makes it to the next level I mean five punt return for touchdowns that's incredible uh, for production yeah, no from a punt returner now the next guy the next guy is like, oh my God, where did he come from? Brandon Easterling from Dayton. He's two oh five, and that's, that's probably your standard height, by the way, from a, for a safety position. You're really looking at one, between 195 and 210 is really what your standard size is. Now, this guy really didn't do much his first two years at Dayton. You really haven't heard about him too much. And then last year, he came onto the scene, and when I say came onto the scene, he exploded onto the scene with a hundred and forty tackles. So you're probably like, okay, this guy, is a he has a a nose for the football, ball. ball Plone linebacker or something like that. He had six picks. Not only did he have six picks, he had ten pass breakups. And then he had three uh, fumble recovers. It was like, I mean, probably one of the most productive safeties in college football. And I don't care if that's at the FCS or the FBS level, you don't see stat lines like that. The biggest question with him is, can he duplicate that? And then, let's just be honest, his athleticism isn't, it has much to be desired for. I mean, he has knows for the football. He knows how to put himself in the right position, and he is a very sure tackler. But he's not going to. He's. I. I would be shocked if he ran a four six forty. To be. To be honest, he kind of reminds me, uh, and this is going to be awesome for XFL fans out there, is the Daron Smith from Fresno State. Go watch his college game tape at Fresno State, and you're probably thinking like, why was this guy not a first, second, or third round pick? Well, it's just because he kind of lacked some of that elite athleticism, some of that straight line speed. It just wasn't really fit for the NFL game. But at the college ranks, he was such a great safety because you didn't really have to have that type of athleticism. But everything else he did was very, very uh, elite as far as like putting your your p- yourself in the right position, making a play on the ball, making sure you get the tackle, having, being in the right angles. So that's where I think Brandon Easterling, I don't know where to put him right now. I have him as like a seventh to undrafted free agent. Right now, just because he's only got one year of production. Also, a
0: guy, you know, such a sure tackler in his secondary can be a safety guy. Definitely a guy that can at least get get his chops, you know, get his chops wet, you know, on special teams at the NFL level. Always looking for guys who can run down the field, have good instincts, and be sure tacklers. So definitely a guy that could be in a rotation. Uh, but again, you can't you can't replace production. I mean, production is the name of the game. You know, what you do on the field, what you put on film is really who you are. And that's what Brandon Easterling out of Dayton is. And he's a guy that'll be very interesting to watch how NFL scouts evaluate him after the 2020 season, after his combine, uh, to see where he ultimately lands. And I know that we'll be watching to see where all these guys go and to see if our uh, <laughs> our evaluations are right. But uh, you certainly got to keep an eye out for it. Now, two guys we didn't mention, and I wanted to hold these guys last uh, for a reason— Two safeties out of TCU. Now, these guys are close, uh, you know, are are close to my heart in the way I watch this film because in my coaching days, coached in a defensive, coached a defense at the high school I coached at, very similar to TCU, a lot of the same language, running a lot of split field coverage, and TCU not only has one, but they have two NFL prototypical safeties, and let me explain why. So... You have uh, Trevon Merig, and then you've got Adarius Washington. Now, if you look at Rig, he is 6'2", 209. You would think, oh, well, that guy's got to be a, a rover or what's called an outside safety. No, he's free safety for there. And then you got Washington, who standing at 5'8", 180, you would think, well, that guy's probably really fast, and he's probably got to be a free safety of some. No, so he actually plays that rover spot or that weak side safety at TCU. I was—so let's take uh, our Darius Washington, because this is the kid that absolutely jumped off the page when I watched his film. He played, again, that, that rover spot, that weak side safety at TCU, which essentially TCU is a 4, four 2 five base defense, so a nickel-based, if you want to say it. And they have three safeties on the field. You have your strong, strong side safety. Generally, think like a, a, a strong safety, right? You're kind of playing in the box— you know you can play some man coverage but if you're going to play zone you're it's going to kind of be on that second level and the weak side safety has really got to be your best overall safety because not only do you have to play on the hashes at 15 yards deep and be able to play cover two coverage or cover three coverage or you'll be able to move and play that center field position but in the run game, you have to set the edge. You are the edge player, so you got to be able to identify it's a run, and you got to put your foot down and set that edge right there at the line of scrimmage. And our Darius Washington is fantastic about that. He's incredibly aggressive. He's such a sure tackler. And I don't care how small he is. He can absolutely play at the NFL level. Reminds me a lot of the Honey Badger as far as his size is concerned. He Check this, Pastel. Last year, Pat quarterbacks had a passer rating of 11.6 against him. He only wow. missed 3 tackles <laughs> oh, all year. He had as he allowed as many catches last year, 5, that he had interceptions, also 5. I mean, kid is an absolute playmaker and TCU for all of their faults on the offensive side of the ball, is so good on defense year in and year out. And this guy was a three-star prospect coming out. But, again, Gary Patterson knows how to recruit defense and find these guys to fit his system. And this guy can absolutely play at the next level. I think he's extremely versatile. Yeah, he may be just a tad undersized. But I tell you what, I see him play against the Big 12 opponents and he's sticking his note in there right at the line of scrimmage. He's taking on offensive linemen. Extremely impressed by this kid. I, I think this kid is is going to be an absolute steal wherever he ends in the NFL. And then uh, Tra- uh, Trayvon MoRig again, 210. He is such a physically intimidating force. And again, free safety in the four two five defense sometimes plays center field, but they're really kind of more shaded towards the strong side of the formation. So, for example, if I've got a trips formation. So if it's three by one, so three receivers on one side, one receiver on the other, the free safety is going to be very much over the three, you know, the three, uh, three receivers side of the formation. And he may be playing some sort of center field out there, but really kind of splitting the defense in half. And that's what the four, two, five is. They do a lot of what's called split field coverage. So he's got the strong side of the field and our Darius Washington kind of has that weak side of the field as far as that safety is concerned uh plays extremely downhill. I love the way he runs the alley. He's a great center fielder. He's very involved in the run game. And again, he only, you know, he allowed 25 catches on 47 targets for 288 yards last year. And in the pass-heavy Big 12, it's extremely impressive. So not only should TCU secondary You know, really turn a lot of heads in the Big 12 with these two guys back there, but the NFL should be on notice because especially Mo Riggs really got that prototypical size at 6'2", 209. I was very impressed when I saw these two kids last year. I think 2020, you're going to see a lot of the same, and I'd be surprised if if not one, but if not both of these guys were day two picks next year in rounds two or three next year. I was extremely impressed by their film. Yeah, and don't forget, we've mentioned him in the linebacker segment, but Garrett Wallow. So
1: that's the linebacker that we think is going to be drafted fairly high in next year's draft as well. So TCU's got something brewing right now, I feel like, on defense, which isn't a necessarily a surprise. But it's going to be kind of fun to watch and see what Patterson does with that defense. And these athletes and these prospects that we have mentioned being
0: top-tier to middle-tier prospects. So I'm going to be a fun defense to watch because TCU apparently can't score any points anymore. They haven't been able to score points feels like five years. Um, what, one other, I, I don't know <laughs> if you have any other, any other honorable mentions. I, I uh, mentioned Rich LeConte out of Georgia. He was a guy that we've mentioned on a, a Prospect to Watch segment. Yes. I like what I see out of him. I, I think he just needs to show a little bit more speed, and then I think he could be in this group as well. But certainly can't count out any defender or defensive back out of Georgia. Nonetheless, the SEC, I mean, they, they just breed dudes down there. So um, that, that's one guy to watch for as well.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, there's definitely a lot more guys. you got Paris Ford out of Pittsburgh. Uh, there, there was, there's a guy from LSU, I forgot his name, Stevens, I believe. Yeah, uh, I'm drawing a blank off my name. But there, there's absolutely guys all across us. That's what I'm saying. The safety class next year is going to be extremely deep. There's probably guys that we miss that are going to be, you know, day two picks, and we didn't even miss them in this. So I would not be surprised to see uh, they're being – I don't know, six safety drafted in the first two. Again, drafts. that's
0: what makes this fun. I mean, we don't know what's ahead in the 2020 season. Some of these guys may fall, and we may see other guys that, you know, uh, plugging in first-year starters, you know, that may come out and just ball out and have fantastic seasons. It's what's You know what, Pastel, that's what makes these lists fun because we don't know yet, but all we know is the information that we see on film and the guys <laughs> that we really like. So exhaustive list, and and I will echo kind of what you said. I think this is one of the deeper drafts for safeties that I can remember as far as hybrid guys that can kind of plug and play um, and and guys that really jump off the film when you watch them.
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It's going to be fun. I mean, this is arguably the deepest, not even the deepest safety class, and we've said deepest wide receiver class. You can almost make a case for one of the deeper top-end quarterback class. This is probably going to be one of the funnest drafts we're going to watch in quite some time next year, so – Jimmy, that's why we need college football, man, it's, and I know we're going to get it. It's, it's on play its way, man. We. Kids
0: are on campus. They're working out. Just a matter of if fans are going to be in the stands or if they're going to do it half or uh, I don't know what they're going to do, but I'm sure they'll figure out. There's a lot smarter people than you and I that are trying to work on that as we speak. Kind of end out our segment again for, for those of our uh, hardcore listeners out there already know this segment, but for those who don't know, we cover a prospect to watch uh, and again, this is a, a prospect you may not know a lot about, but should know going into the 2020 season. Uh, again, this is position agnostic since we already cover safeties. Doesn't make for sense for us to cover a safety on this one. So we're actually going to throw a curveball for you guys because this is <laughs> the you know special teams is 33 percent of the game. Obviously, not by uh, not by number of plays, but just the fact that there's offense, defense, and special teams. So. Uh, you know, we'll cover a special teams guy here. And, Pastel, this is uh, Blake Lynch out of Kansas State. Why don't you tell us a little bit about this kicker?
1: Yeah, because this is probably the last positional group that we will actually break down. We're not going to break down a, a special teams segment. So, we'll, we'll, we'll give you guys one guy that we want to talk about. And this guy is just so interesting to me because he's five foot five, And that's the kicker out of Kansas State named Blake Lynch. Now, why is he so special? Why does he have the opportunity to be drafted? It's because the guy doesn't miss Gless. He doesn't miss. I mean, he, he was, so he was 19 of 21 last year, and he was 14 of six, uh, 16 the year before that. So he's missed four field goals in the last two years in college football. I mean, he was honorable mention All-Big 12 last year. He was on the Lou Gronzo Award watch list. So, I mean, I think you look at this guy, and now how does he translate to the NFL? Well, think about it. So yeah everyone wants that guy that can kick 50 60 yards now he's not going to be that guy he's proven that he's missed pretty much every the most of the field goals he's missed have all been over 50. if you take away the two that he attempted over 50 he's only missed him he's only missed one or two field goals in his whole entire career there it's absurd how accurate it is within the 50 within 50 yards but if you look how many people have been missing those extra points in college or in the NFL i mean th- that rate has definitely increased and so you get a guy like this and if you if you told me i had an automatic PAT kicker and someone that can kick within 50 yards and he just doesn't miss, I take him. I 100% put him on my roster knowing that that's a guaranteed three points or one point as long as you kick within 50 yards. So I think he's – and he's only five foot five. I mean, there's definitely a, a height in 148. I mean, he is a smaller guy. Don't get me wrong. That's why I don't see any potential for him to start kicking 50-yard field goals. But I will take accuracy all day in the NFL when that tends to get – overlooked with the extended uh, extra points that have now been adapted to the NFL. Dude, can uh, you imagine
0: him doing kickoffs in the NFL at like five, 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 148 pounds? Oh my God. I kind of hope he just, like, like totally jacks up. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my gosh. So I, I don't think he'll be doing kickoffs at the next level, <laughs> just but yeah, maybe a, a, a kicker who just mainly does field goal Cause he just doesn't miss you know, and th- those guys are valuable, you know, but, but again, yeah, the, I mean, the, the I, big leg is obviously the concern. Um, but again, he, look, I, in his career, he's attempted 21 field goals. So, or uh, not 21 field goals, uh, 37 field goals. So it doesn't say that here in 2020, he wouldn't be able to go out there, kick a couple of 50 yarders and, and put that, you know, put that bed to rest.
1: He's like the Chad Pennington from quarterback, but at the kicker spot, like he, you know, Chad Pennington only threw it between like 10 and 20 yards. Every pass he ever yeah. threw was like 10 to
0: 20, but he was very accurate. Well, this let's see. Again, guy. let's, he's let's hope he's not running down the field, um, you know, busting a wedge or anything. Oh, that's right. They don't do the wedge busters anymore. That's not fun anymore. <laughs> <laughs> nah, well, as always, know. you can follow and interact with Pot, uh, Prospects One on social media. Again, that's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Again, we're always posting throughout the week uh, different polls, different a uh, lot of great content for our college football uh, for our college football listeners are really our football fans, you know, engage with us, give us show ideas. Again, we, we love to hear from our fans and, you know, I say it every week past, but we've gotten great responses based on the direction that we've changed. You know, obviously starting as an XFL podcast and getting yes, a lot sorry. of great feedback on here. Um, again, listen to us on your favorite podcast platform, but even more important, we would love a five-star review. You know, whether that's, I think it's Apple Podcast or whatever your favorite podcast platform is, please make sure you give us a five-star review. Make sure you subscribe so you can get all of our content downloaded right to your phone or, or on your desktop. Um, stay up to date with all of our episodes. Again, we have a lot of great content coming, especially with the 2020 college football season deeming very much intimate or uh, um, very much on its way. Yeah, imminent. There we go. That was the word I was looking for. College football, very imminent. Um, (laughs) So, you know, we'll be doing a lot of stuff around the conferences, players to watch in each conference from a prospect perspective. And our content calendar is certainly full with a lot of great content for you guys. Again, make sure you give us that five-star review. Spread the word. Follow us on social media. That really helps us tremendously. Uh, But, you know, I I think that's it. I think that's it, Pastel. So for, for myself... Brandon Pastel. We will talk to you guys next week.